Hey guys, what's going on? It's me, the one and only Strawberry Ice, on a Friday down here in the Ice Cave. UC had a huge win last night over Wichita State. Find out what team Thomas Moore stunned last night. ESPN's Joe Lenardi, Joey Brackets. What's he predicting for UC and Kentucky? CBJ, Columbus Blue Jackets are in action tonight, and so are the Cincinnati Cyclones. All right, let's get into the uh, UC Bearcats. I've been talking about it all week, that this is a very big stretch for the Bearcats. We beat Houston. We had to take on Wichita State last night, which getting to the game was harder than it should have been. They tried to get there uh, Wednesday, but they had flight problems, so... They had to go back to their dorms or their apartments or wherever they stay at, sleep in their own beds, which is not bad. Normally, you get in there and you can get a practice in the day of. Well, they didn't get in until like 11 o'clock in the morning. John Brandon said last night they did a run-through in the lobby or a room or somewhere in the hotel. They did a run-through last night, and that's all they got to do before the game, before they went out and beat Wichita State 80-79. to the Bearcats led most of the game until 58 seconds left when Dexter Dennis hit a three-pointer to put Wichita State ahead. Now, I prelude that to I'm a I'm a I'm a tear Jaron and Javon Cumberland down right now, but I'm gonna praise them later. They took three consecutive possessions when we had I think a six-point lead and very quickly shot shot up three-pointers that. They didn't need to do. We had the lead. It was time to kind of slow the ball down, take your time, watch the clock, and run your offense. Well, they jacked three consecutive three-pointers up, missed all three of them, and Wichita State came back and took the lead. So I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to lose this game. you got to be kidding me. We've been leading the whole time. We played really, really well. But our man, Jaron Cumberland, came back. Got a three-point play with 3.5 seconds left. He couldn't do that at the beginning of the year. His his stamina wasn't there. His foot was hurting. He Because beginning of the year, he's going driving, and he's getting hit, and they weren't calling fouls, and he's not making the shots. That drive last night was Jaron Cumberland of old. He got hit and made the shot. It was a very, very difficult shot, and then calmly went to the line and made the free throws. I, I thought it was interesting. I like listening to Dan Horde and Terry Nelson, but I can't listen to them and watch TV at the same time. It doesn't sync up. So anyway, I had to listen to the guys on TV. And I can't remember the color commentator's name, but he was saying every time Wichita State's gr- crowd got into it, Jaron shut them up. He'd take the ball and go score. He didn't He didn't shush them or anything. That's not Jaron. But he shushed them without actually shushing them. <laughs> now, I have to give props to Wichita State's James Enrique. He had 17 points and 11 rebounds. That dude's a beast. He was killing us. Actually, Wichita State was killing us on the rebounds. I don't know how the stats for that, but I'm sure they out-rebounded us, especially that dude. He would miss a shot and then go up and get his own rebound and then walk down the court like, eh, it's not that hard. I just wanted to choke him, but I got to give him props. He did very well, but not good enough not to beat my Bearcats. Now, this is the first Quadrant 1 win for the Bearcats, so it's huge. We're in first place. <laughs> first place in the American because uh, Tulsa lost last night. So um, we're still in the bubble. Now, we have 
UConn coming Sunday at uh, 12 o'clock. Like I said, we just came through two huge emotional wins. We cannot have a letdown at UConn. I know UConn is not what UConn normally has been. But they can still step up and beat us. It's going to be a very big game for them. It's got to be a very big game for us. And plus, they're leaving and they're going to the Big East. I'd love to sweep them and say, bye, have fun, go back. Now, the guy who is really, really, in my opinion, flourishing under John Brandon's system is Keith Williams. You saw glimpses of it last year uh, when he got uh, more playing time than he's ever gotten. But I think with John Brandon's motion offense, it fits Keith Williams so much better than what he had the last couple years under Mick Cronin. He is getting so much. The shot he made, I think, is in the first half. He's going to his left, floating to his right, flips the ball up, and it goes in. That's an unbelievably difficult and athletic shot. So Keith Williams is made he made strides last year. He made even bigger strides because next year he's gonna have to be the guy. But I'm really enjoying watching Keith Williams evolve in John Brandon's system. Now, I talked about this earlier uh, this past week when uh, Jay Sarola ended up leaving. And my fear was that he leaves, he's gone, and Chris Vogt, what happens when Chris Vogt gets into foul trouble? Well, it happened last night. But Mamadou Diari, man, he stepped up. I, Jay Sarola, we're fine. We're good, man. Go on. Go, go make your money in Europe. Mamadou played awesome. I mean, because... Uh, Vogt got two fouls really quickly in the first half, so he sat the rest of the first half, and Mamadou played the whole first half pretty much and played great, played great defense, rebound the ball. <laughs> he shot a three-pointer, and it went in. I'm like, oh, didn't see that coming. Whew. So anyway, this past week, watching the Bearcats has been absolutely a blast. Like I said, Unfortunately, we're still not in. As of right now, we're technically still in the bu- bubble. But... Yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, Joe Lenardi's ESPN's Joey Brackets. You know, it's February, so everybody does their way too early predictions because there's not a whole lot going on. Um, college bat. well, I mean, if you're a college basketball nut like me, I love it. And then you got hockey going on, so I've got plenty of stuff, but <clears throat> other writers run out of stuff to write about. Anyway, he's doing his way too early uh, predictions for the NCAA tournament. Now, he is predicting that the University of Cincinnati will meet the University of Kentucky in the first round. Now, I like to think that Cincinnati has a better shot at beating Kentucky than we have had in the past. Now, they've never played us in a regular season since 1984 when we played stall ball, which, sorry, UK, that was the only way we had a chance of beating you guys. They'd have a shot clock then. So... But UK has not played us since then. We played them, I think, twice in the tournament. Um, the first time that I remember is in 2005. I was at the game. I was Bob Huggins' last game. Nobody knew it then. I was in Indianapolis. I think it was second round matchup. Uh, and UK beat us. And then I think we played four years ago. I can't remember. And that was in the sec- it was second round again. And UK beat us again. So this would be a very interesting matchup. I would prefer not to face Kentucky in the first round, I prefer to have a little easier team. So hopefully 
UC can win some more games and get a higher seed so we don't have to face Kentucky in the first round. But it would be a very interesting uh, week and some trash talking going on for the uh, Wildcats and the Bearcat fans. And I would love to get a win over the Wildcats so I could talk some trash to my UK fans. Anyway, Thomas Moore last night. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. They had a huge upset. I mean, there was two big games this is a bigger upset than what UC did last night. Thomas Moore upset number one ranked Georgetown, Kentucky, 73-71. to Thomas Moore's men's basketball team earned one of its biggest wins in program history when it stunned Georgetown on the road last night to beat the defending national champions. That's their first loss of the year. That's an unbelievable huge win for Thomas Moore. I know uh, the parents and players are extremely excited about that. They should get some national talk. I mean, Georgetown hadn't lost a game all year, and Thomas Moore beat them. Let's say 73 71, so it was a pretty tight game. Very, very happy for Thomas Moore. All right. Like I said, uh, the rundown we got the hockey action tonight. The Columbus Blue Jackets will be taking on the Detroit Red Wings. The Blue Jackets are on a two-game winning streak, hoping to make it three. They are still on a point streak. These are all good. Need to move up into playoffs as far as we can get up there. We want the easiest road we can get to that Stanley Cup, the Lord Stanley's Cup. Tonight, 7 o'clock. The Cyclones drop the puck at 7.30 tonight. They take on... The Toledo Walleye. I'm sure tickets are still available. Go check out the Cyclones. I love the Cyclones. I'm wearing my Cyclones stuff right now. See? 2008, still like Kelly, Kelly Cup champions. All right, now we're getting to my favorite part of the week. If you're new to the show or you've won my regular berries, and if you're wondering what berries are, since I'm strawberry, I call my viewers or subscribers whatever berries. It's silly, I know, but I think it's kind of funny. Anyway. A thing I do on Friday show every Friday is called the Zeke of the Week. Now, I almost gave it to Enrique last night for Wichita State, but now I cannot get past this. It's the national media, like Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen. I mean, Dan Patrick literally interviewed Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow said he wants to go to you know a team that wants to win a Super Bowl. Of course he does. Who doesn't? He's not going to sit there and say he wants to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. So say the Bengals for some reason trade the number one pick, which I don't think they're going to. But Joe Burrow can't count on that. And he trades him and he already said he wanted to go to the Bengals. It's been his dream to play for an Ohio team or yada, 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 whatever. He can't say that. What if Miami gets him? You know, what if we trade him? Then all the Miami fans are like, well, I thought you wanted to play for, you know, Cincinnati. So I Dan Patrick says, I don't oh, I don't know if he really wants to play for the Bengals or not. Joe didn't say that. That's you making it up. That's fake news. And then you got Rich Eisen. Now this was <laughs> this take didn't even make any sense. Rich Eisen said, you know, um, if he came out, if Joe Burrow came out and said that he didn't want to play for the Bengals. That organization would just draft him in spite and just let him sit there because 
You know, the last time uh, uh, NFL players said that they didn't want to get drafted by the Bengals was Marshall Falk. You know what the Bengals did? They drafted Dan Wilkinson. So, let me think here. You just said that if the Bengals draft Joe Burrow, that they'll draft him in spite and let him sit there. But then when they had a player who said he doesn't want to play for the Bengals, they didn't draft him. So, what? That makes absolutely no sense. And you are a national media guy. I'm just a guy on a YouTube channel. That didn't make any sense. Trust me, I say lots of stuff that doesn't make sense on here. Anyway, you guys, national media, Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, you guys are my Zeeks of the week. Joe Burrow is most likely coming to the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow's fine with it. He's going to make a lot of money. It'll be all right. All right, well, that will do it for a Friday show. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tell all your friends about me. That's your sports, baby. See you guys.